The following message was recorded at Shades Valley Community Church in Homewood, Alabama. For more information and resources from Shades Valley, please visit us at shadesvalley.org. I've entitled this morning's message, A Green Springs Attitude of Life. One of the things that this is uh, important to us is that we want it to be a visible, tangible act of worship. So that when we leave a little early today, we want to give you time not to stop worshiping and leave, but to continue worshiping in this way, which is what God has called us to do. Now, I'm going to, this is in the book of Proverbs, and this summer we're going to have some fun uh, going through different aspects and different Proverbs, and I'm really looking forward to that. But the book of Proverbs is like our father in heaven, speaking his wisdom straight to us. It's things he wants us to know, and it's things that are important for us. Um, they're things that allow us to live in ways that we bring glory to him. Now, all of us had those situations with, with parents or good friends or whatever, where if your parents are raising you and they have to have a serious talk with you, a lot of times there's a place. And you know that when you're sitting in that place, you're not really in trouble because they're not angry, but you know it's really serious stuff. Or they do the, uh, have you ever needed this? We need to talk. Um, that's not one of the things, you hope that you're not in trouble, but you know that it is really important and um, we really need to listen. So when God wrote, wrote this book of Proverbs for us, it is a whole bunch and lists of things that are really important and we really need to listen. Uh, I do want to give one clarification from the beginning. Sometimes we've grown up and we would like the book of Proverbs to be a book of promises, such as train up a child in the way that he should go, um, it's not a book of promises. It's a book of probabilities. Does that make sense? It's, it's one of these things where it tells us that there's not a guarantee that obedience in the way that the proverb sets out will bring the action and the result that is, goes with it. That it's not a guarantee, but it is the idea that normal response, normally, this is what's going to happen. So it makes a lot of sense to do the things the way that God has, has set it out. All of these, they're not just, and that's the thing we have to work on, it's not just lists of behavior. We're not here for behavior modification, although that's not all bad. We're here for heart change, right? So these reflect, every proverb we read reflects the heart, the mind, and the character of God. And so we really need to listen and take it seriously. I've likened it. I mean, life coaches are really popular, and they're doing a, a lot of good things. This book is like having the Holy Spirit as our life coach. It's, it, it's that important. It goes that deep. All right, now what did I mean by Green Springs' attitude of life? Uh, John shared a little bit about what they're like, and I'm not going to go into a lot of details on it. 
But what it is, is it's a life of love, service, and sacrifice. They operate, they exist, really only to serve others. And that's an attitude of life that I think all the way through Proverbs we're going to find, but we're particularly in what we're looking at today. It's a life of putting the needs of others above our own. Now, I had, a, uh, had them, John put it up in, in the NIV. I liked better the way the NIV translated these two verses. So that's why I put it up on the board. One person gives freely, yet gains even more. Another withholds unduly, but comes to poverty. A generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. Obviously, the whole purpose, the whole meaning of all of that is cultivating generosity and the importance of it. Um, giving freely, when, at the, the very beginning. I looked at that and I, I thought, Yes, it's a matter of giving, but it says freely. It's an open-hand policy. It's the idea that God doesn't have to really ratchet up the pressure on us to get us to give. It's something that kind of comes out of a Holy Spirit natural work. And so that's the idea of giving freely is both an act and it's an attitude. Does that make sense? And we all know the passage that's quoted at and lots of times whenever we're taking up an offering, you know, the Lord loves a what giver? Cheerful giver. So the attitude is just as important as the action itself. And that's what we're talking about here. That, that to have that, that honest, freely giving kind of personality. All right. Now, apparently the opposite of giving freely is withholding unduly. Now, this is, a, this is pretty serious stuff here. And actually, I did like what the, uh, the ESV says on that. If you, does not, you do not give what he should give. What we're talking about here is Holy Spirit direction. Whether it, you're supposed to give or not, it's not my role to define what you're supposed to give. That's God's role, isn't it? But if he's working and we're listening, the Holy Spirit is going to tell us things. And he's going to ask us to do things. He's going to ask us to give. And if we don't respond, then we're holding back. Not just from that person, but from God himself. Does that make sense? So this withholding unduly, that's fairly serious stuff. So we need to be really thinking through what do we give? Now, I, asked, I wrote down a few things that affect me and kind of tempt me to uh, unduly withhold. Okay, now, probably none of you have any of these issues, but I'll just go ahead and throw them out there if, if it reflects on anything. The first one I wrote down, I had to write it down. I didn't want to write it down. Pure, old, unadulterated selfishness. The, new, the King James calls it Greed. Uh, it's nothing more or less than saying, I'd rather spend it on me. I'd rather spend it on whatever it is you'd rather spend it on than give it to someone. Even when the Holy Spirit is telling me to do it, I'm tempted to just go ahead and spend it on me. Now, I have to admit, 
I, um, I do like Starbucks. But I need to tell myself that several cans of soup is a lot more fulfilling than a cup of Starbucks. It, it, that's one of the things about doing this. As we all gather together, if all we had was five bucks, that would go a long way toward adding the coffers and filling the pantries of Green Springs. But again, it's that idea of saying, I can give up something even though I want it. So selfishness is the first, I think, issue that hits us with unduly withholding. The second one is fear. But I might need that money. Does that make sense? But I might need it. Uh, that ties into a desire for security. Uh, you know, some of that, the, the love of money is a problem, not necessarily for the things that you want, but for the security that it brings. Does that make sense? And they're both, both lack of trust in God. Because this is an area where, you know, trusting the Lord is sometimes a challenge. Isn't that true? When it right, comes right down to finances, trusting the Lord becomes a challenge. How about previous bad experiences? You've helped someone and they took advantage of you. <laughs> How many of us can say that's happened? I mean, all of us. You helped somebody and they took advantage of you. And you're left with that feeling of, was I not supposed to help them? Bitterness, anger, I'm, and I'm not going to do the same thing again. Well, we can't let that affect us in the long run. We want to be wise in how we give. And we want to take care in the organizations and so forth that we give to. But I, here's a challenge that I've, I've tried to live through. In the Christian life, there are times when we choose to be taken advantage of. Does that make sense? We choose to be taken advantage of. That means if we've made that choice, we're not being victims and we're not being foolish. We've made that as a choice. It really helps with an attitude. If it doesn't work out right or they take advantage of you later or it's worse, you're not angry and you're not bitter because you know God had asked you to take that risk and be taken advantage of. All right, so that's, that's how we overcome previous bad experiences and the way it affects our desire to give. The last one I'm going to mention is a lack of eyes to see. You know, I, having Holy Spirit vision is really difficult, and it too takes a lot of cultivation and openness. We're all overwhelmed by TV, uh, social media, the needs that are out there in the world. Do you ever get that? It just bombards on us. And our hearts break over and over again. And we get to a point where we have to set up some kind of boundaries. Or we're just going to explode as a person. The hard part is, where do we set those boundaries? Are they Holy Spirit boundaries? Or are they just our flesh boundaries? That only God can tell you, tell me. But it's something we need to ask each other, and we need to really cultivate our eyes to see 
where does God want us to step into the gap? The, you know the old stories, how do you eat an elephant? Well, the needs of this world, poverty and injustice, is such a huge elephant that it just, you feel like you're getting trampled every day. Well, the way to eat an elephant is you take one bite at a time. What is the bite that God wants you to take? That's one of the reasons why we started this uh, several years ago, because we felt like this was a good bite-sized chunk that we all get together and we can have a, a significant impact on the overall ministry of Green Springs because we join together and each of us just gives a little bite. And it's, it's, it's amazing how that can have an impact on, on others. So anyway, that's, that's the four things I think that get in the way that we need to guard against. Selfishness, uh, security, uh, bad experiences previously, or just not having the eyes and not wanting to see what's around us. Now the next part of it, it says a generous person will prosper. Um, generosity isn't something that comes naturally, does it? I mean, some, some of you have the, the gift of generosity. It comes within your spirit. You're automatically going to be that way. Most of us have a flesh, and that flesh tends to work totally against being generous. It, it, it kind of makes us want to hold onto things. So you have to cultivate generosity. It takes something where you have to think about it. You have to put yourself and yield to the Holy Spirit and then take action, sometimes getting started in that, it goes against, you know, we're not really, okay, we'll be honest, I will tell you, there have been some times when Pam and I have given that I wasn't a cheerful giver. Is that okay? That be honest with you? But you know what? Every time, every time God used it to change my heart, and I became grateful that I gave it. Does that, that make any sense at all? So sometimes we have to do something out of obedience that doesn't necessarily be coming out of, oh, I can't wait to give it type of thing. So that's one of the things in cultivating. Can I, can I say this? The um, generosity is a character of God, characteristic of God, isn't it? And so the way to cultivate generosity in our spirit is to really focus on the generosity of God in our lives. How generous has the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit been to us? We're going to be coming to the table. What an incredibly generous gift that salvation is. Out of that heart and that generosity is where our generosity comes. We're only reflecting the generosity of God to others. Now, I would like to point out one thing, particularly, particularly to parents, grandparents, etc., but it can be true for all of us. Generosity is one of those God truths, God characteristics that is a lot more caught than taught. They're watching us. Are we living out a spirit of generosity rather than what our pontification, you like that word? Uh, all that is is uh, pious preaching, Okay. 
where you just, you're telling them, oh, we want to be generous. This is what the Bible says and everything. And they're watching us. And we're not. When they look at us, and they, you can learn from others, you see someone who is generous, it makes you want to be generous. Generosity is, is, is a uh, contagious kind of spiritual characteristic. And we can help one another in that aspect. But please be very careful. Be very careful. It's not so much what you say in this area. It's what we do and how we demonstrate it that becomes the critical part of it. The last part on there is uh, refreshing others. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. Now, all of these have to do mostly in the context and area of finances and money. But this is one that goes beyond just the money. It does involve the money, but it goes beyond that. Uh, it is any area where you can reach out and help refresh someone else. It could have to do with time. It can have to do with an interest in another person. Do you have any idea? Well, you probably have lived with it. You sit there and you go through the week and you even come here in the morning and you're wondering, does anybody care? Does anybody really care? Is anybody interested in me? Showing an interest in another person is an incredible way to refresh them because there's many of us who are asking that question, does anybody really care? I thought about caring, and some of you, especially on this side, I know it happened to me, uh, what do you do with a sick roommate or a sick dorm mate? Oh, man, sick dorm mate with the flu is no fun at all. All right? All right. Who's going to take care of them? Well, that's where we refresh another person, is that when we can step into their lives and, and in a way, just minister to them, and it doesn't have anything to do with money. Matter of fact, I'd rather give you a few bucks than have to clean up after your flu. Okay, that's, that's just the way it is. But that's that idea of refreshing others. Um, in order to refresh others, we have to be thinking of others. We have to pay attention to others. Again, it's that idea of putting someone else's needs ahead of our own. And we get so wrapped up in our own issues and problems and challenges, and they're real, our own pain, that it's hard for us to even look beyond that to see someone else. And yet, in my life, I found that when I can do that, Normally, it really helps me facing my issues, my pain, my challenges. Having the eyes to see others, having God's eyes is just amazing to do that. Now, knowing that our Father God is the way he is, it makes sense that each of these attitudes and actions seem to be normally bringing back a blessing to us. Do you notice that? If you give freely, you'll gain even more. That's pretty cool. If you withhold unduly, you're going to come to poverty. You think you're saving your money for yourself. It's going <laughs> to... I still remember the time when, when, uh, when I was working on what God was telling me to give, and there was a certain amount I was supposed to give, and I didn't. Oh, I had a flat tire. 
And guess how much that flat tire cost me? To the penny of what God had said for me to give. It, oh, it wasn't, yeah, my wife reminded me, it wasn't repairable. We had to get a new tire. It, you know, it hit to there. And it was kind of like God, was, and he's smiling at me, and he's going, did you get it, Ed? Did, did you get it? So that's the idea of that concept there. The other part of it is that if a generous person will prosper. Now, remember, I said this is not promises, but this is the normal way that life works out. A generous person will prosper, and whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. That is, I, I think out of all of them, that is the one that comes through the clearest. About the time when you're really reaching out to help someone else, the next time something comes on, somebody steps right into your life and refreshes you in a way that you weren't expecting. Here's the, the side. We do not give freely in order to gain more. Right? You get that? We do not withhold unduly so that we don't get come to poverty. We do not uh, cultivate generosity so that we will prosper. We do not refresh others so that we will be refreshed. Wrong motivation, right? All of these things that God is asking us to do is reflecting his character. All of this is living out who he is in us. And as we live that out, the normal aspect of life. How many of you have ever heard or said to someone, if you want to have friends, what do you do? You be a friend. That's what all this is saying. This is the normal payback, if you want to use that terminology. But again, it's not our motivation. This is our chance this morning to refresh some others. Um, as we join together, which we do twice a year, to fill the shelves of the pantry at Green Springs, um, it, it is our chance, uh, and John made the comment, many of them are children. It is our chance to refresh children. Now, we didn't used to do a spring one until we found out that so many of those children were counting on free breakfasts and free lunches at school. And many of those are not there. You see signs out, many, there's more available now than there used to be. But a lot of these kids are going hungry for breakfast when they used to be able to go to school and eat. So that's why we do a spring one. Everybody says you do it in the fall for Thanksgiving and those things. And that's true, we do that. But the reason why we do it is for the summer. There's a tremendous need in the summer for the children. Another part of that is, is that we refresh grandparents. You'd be amazed on how many of the Green Springs clients are grandparents that are having to raise their grandchildren for many different reasons. And what the thing is there is some of them are having to make the choice. They're, most of them are all on a fixed income that isn't makeable. And many of them are having to make a choice between getting medications that they need and food for their grandchildren. I'm not trying to be overly dramatic about that. Pam and I were just learning about that more. We're getting ready to go on Medicare ourselves. And, you know, there's some things, some meds I'm taking that I'm not sure we can afford. Well, if that's true for us, 
those that are on a much less fixed income are in a lot worse place. And so that's part of what this is for, is to help the grandparents that, uh, that are there. Um, we want to refresh the impoverished and the hungry. That's all, that's all this is about. 